Not wanting to fight for the Republicans, Pujol took his chances as a fugitive and holed up at his fiancée's family home, one of many young Spaniards who fled the ranks of both sides. For months he lived there, unable to leave the premises, glued to the radio as gunshots echoed outside and the airwaves filled with reports of massacres. It was too risky for him to speak above a whisper or glance out the window, and every time the doorbell rang he had to hide. Capture could mean being shot as a deserter. Just before Christmas 1936, Pujol was in the kitchen cracking hazelnuts and walnuts with a hammer, the shells flying everywhere. Enjoying himself, he forgot about the need for silence. In fact, he was making such a racket that at first he didn't hear the knock at the front door. An informer had turned Margarita's family in for storing valuables for pro-Franco families who'd fled Barcelona. When the police poured through the front door, they marched straight to the spot where the jewelry was hidden, a lintel between two rooms. They then began to search the rest of the house. When the police reached the kitchen, they found Pujol, hammer still raised to smash a walnut. He was arrested at gunpoint and marched out of the house, along with his fiancé's father and brother, into a waiting car. Had Pujol and the others been found by an irregular posse of full-blooded radicals, they would most likely have been taken for a stroll and executed. But luck was with them. The somber group was brought instead to the local police station, which meant they were in the hands of more moderate Republicans. Pujol breathed a sigh of relief, which quickly evaporated when he was accused of being a deserter. I was petrified, fearing that I might have to pay with my life, he recalled. The young lieutenant was taken to the dungeon below the station and locked in a dark, cold cell. Day after day, as his warders brought his meals, Pujol could only sit in the gloom and listen to the voices of his jailers and fellow inmates. Every day the door to his cell would be opened and a police officer would sit down and interrogate him. I kept assuring them I had only been in the house because I was engaged to the eldest daughter, but they continued to question me remorselessly. The war was growing even more savage, with atrocities and mass killings on both sides. The execution of a suspected nationalist sympathizer would barely be noticed. After a week in the jail, in the middle of a freezing night, Pujol awoke with a start. The cell door had swung open, and a man he'd never seen before was standing in the dim light. The man whispered for him to get up and come with him. Pujol, half asleep, stumbled after the stranger as he led the prisoner through a bewildering series of hallways and offices in the pre-dawn darkness. Pujol now realized that the man was no policeman. Pujol had unwittingly become part of a jailbreak. At every turn, he feared running into a Republican militiaman in one of their mismatched uniforms. A deserter might catch a break, but a deserter cum SKB was certain to be shot. Finally, the stranger reached ahead and pushed open a small door, and Pujol felt a rush of cold air against his face. The man handed him a piece of paper and pointed toward the starlit road. His fiancée, the pious and prudish Margarita, whom he wasn't even sure he loved, had saved his skin. She'd contacted a secret Catholic organization called the Socorro Blanco, White Aid, which ran a kind of Francoist underground railroad for fugitives. But now Pujol was on the streets of Barcelona, a hunted man without the identification needed to pass the Republican checkpoints. He looked at the address on the paper and began walking quickly, keeping a sharp eye out for the barricades behind which soldiers stood guard around the clock.